Welcome back to America's leading higher education podcast, The EdUp Experience, where we make education your business. Hosted by Dr. Joe Salustio and Elizabeth Leiba, produced by Elvin Freites, The EdUp Experience brings you the brightest and most influential minds from across the globe via The EdUp Experience podcast. Get ready, get set, let's go. The Alliance for Innovation and Transformation is an alliance of paysetters, forward-thinking higher education CEOs committed to leading by example to show other higher education institutions how to innovate and transform their organizations in the face of unprecedented challenge and change. They offer learning, development, and networking opportunities focused on customer-driven value, innovation, transformation skills, and techniques, and approaches to help colleges and other organizations achieve the long-term sustainability necessary for their survival. AFITHigherEd.com is where you can check them out. AFITHigherEd.com Welcome back, everybody. This is the EdUp Experience podcast, where we make education your business, interviewing the brightest and most influential minds in higher education. Today, this is Dr. Joe Salustio. Liz, I was just reflecting um, on our 275 or 278, not sure, episodes, knowing that we have another, I don't know, 30 or 40 scheduled at least through the end of the year that we've done some pretty good work this year, don't you think? Yeah, I'm excited. I'm, it's only halfway through the year and we've accomplished a lot and a lot more to go. So let's keep and of it course, going. Yeah, and of course, the highlight of your year meeting me in person uh, cannot go um, understated. <laughs> I wouldn't um, say it was the highlight of my year, but it was pretty I, I would say it was the highlight of your year. <laughs> the fact that you're a giant and you're like 10 feet tall, that was pretty interesting to me. But other than that, yeah. I don't or know. you're a little person. I mean, you're <laughs> I'm tiny. <laughs> yes, you're tiny. I expected, I know, I did expect you to be taller. We have talked um, in, in the past about your uh, failure to uh, be on time. <laughs> uh, when you say you're going to be on time, but that's okay. That's easy. That's okay. Do. That's okay. That's either here or there, right? There you go. Well, well, listen, we, you know, we're um, uh, having these episodes sponsored by the Alliance for Innovation and Transformation at AFITHigherEd.com. They are literally right now finishing up their summer, uh, summer leadership session where they have leaders from outside the industry, inside the industry, come and talk about innovation and transformation in higher ed. And we've got uh, a very amazing gentleman with us. He's, his name is Dr. Jamal Scott. And he is the Vice President of Strategic and Community Development at Bansi Community College. Jamal, how are you? Good, how are you? Oh, you know, living the dream, my friend. It's another day in paradise over here where I am. And uh, uh, I got my daughter in the background, so don't mind a scream or two. Don't scream. And <laughs> this is our work-life uh, balance that we keep. Um, talk to us about Wabansi Community College a little bit and your role as uh, VP of Str uh, Strategy and Community Development. Yeah, well, uh, Wabonzi Community College, we serve about 12,000 students annually. Um, we were, um, uh, we're in Sugar Grove, Illinois, which is about an hour west of Chicago. Uh, we were founded in 1966. So we are in our 55th year of operation. Um, you know, we I have a you know full comprehensive community college and offer um, full associates degrees. We have four campuses. So I mentioned the Sugar Grove campus, which is our main campus, about 213 acres and about 20 buildings here in Sugar Grove, against about an hour west of Chicago. 
Uh, we also have two campuses in Aurora, which is the second largest city in Illinois behind Chicago, which a lot of people don't know. Uh, we have a um, 135,000 square foot campus in downtown Aurora, right in the heart, um, right close to City Hall and right, you know, nestled in the middle, um, you know, of, of the city. So uh, that's a very popular location. Our healthcare campus is uh, on the other side of Aurora, our Aurora Fox Valley campus, which is um, located adjacent to uh, Rush Copley Hospital. We uh, partner with them on quite a few things and, and do a lot in the way of healthcare. And then just uh, last year, we renovated, uh, we have a campus in Plano, uh, which is uh, another you know, location out here in the West suburbs. And we just renovated that as our innovation and design center. So there we have um, you know, programs in welding and cybersecurity and are just really trying to do a lot in that area to, to beef up the workforce. So, you know, we're really excited. You know, we've, we've been a part of, of AFIT for quite some time, back to when it was sequin, and we love um, all the great work they're doing and partnering with some of the other schools to, to try and innovate and transform our student experiences. Well, you have a really unique title, Strategy and Community Development. Talk to us about what that means to you, what that means to you and your work life on a, on a day-to-day -day basis. You know, what are you really doing and attempting to do in your role? Yeah, so a couple things. I mean, um, you know, rooted in the title, I, I do all the college's strategic planning. So kind of, you know, where we are, where we're going, um, what do we want to get accomplished in the next few years? What are the, you know, some of the key performance indicators we want to hit and then focus on as an organization? So, you know, I just really help to help us to directionally uh, plan um, and think about, you know, what the future looks like, you know, the 30,000 foot view. Um, so, you know, that's rooted in my title, the strategy work. Um, and then the community piece, um, you know, all of our, our chambers, you know, I, I serve on some local chambers. I'm the, the vice chair for the Aurora Regional Chamber of Commerce, and I'm on the board for the Aurora Area Convention and Visitors Bureau. And then we have a lot of other, you know, chambers in our, in our area um, for several of our municipal partners. So, you know, all the things that we do in the, in the community in terms of, um, you know, economic development, workforce development, you know, I help to lead and partner with a lot of those efforts. Uh, so that, that's, you know, the, the, the things that are embedded in my title. Um, but then in addition to that, I have a really unique role where I also oversee marketing and admissions. Um, so, you know, we have a full marketing communications team and then our admissions team. Uh, so we work together, of course, on uh, branding, on new student enrollment. You know, we've done some community needs assessments in the last uh, few years that have given us a lot of insights on what our community is looking for to help us plan and strategize around new programs and initiatives. And then I also oversee uh, institutional effectiveness, which is all of our research, all of our data, um, our grants, our accreditation. Um, so that, you know, along with the marketing and missions and having all the data has given me a really uh, neat view on like the front door of the college in addition to our community partnerships and relationships. I like to say I, I have like, you know, kind of like the, the front door of the, of the, of the college um, is really what my area is all about and how we strategize to, to welcome more people uh, into our campus communities. You know, before I, I bring Liz in, which um, I attempt to keep her out uh, of the conversation as long as possible. So I'm going to, I'm going to keep that going here, Liz, just for one more question. Go um, ahead. Yeah, you, have that, my per, you have my permission. Can I mute you or no, I won't. Do that. <laughs> uh, um, this is really interesting because the, the someone who um, your role is really unique in that you 
are involved with workforce development, the um, chamber associations, you know, business and industry relationships, and then also overseeing what, what we, you know, the B2C functions of, of the community college, uh, meaning, you know, pure marketing, messaging, branding to, to students, and that your position is really a flywheel and not a silo um, and you know, um, from your experience and background, which uh, actually has some similar threads to my own, that can become very siloed, your enrollment and marketing, sometimes separate from each other, but certainly separate from, you know, your outreach and development, your workforce, uh, short course trainings, having oversight of all of those parts and looking at it from a flywheel approach versus a, a departmental approach really gives you an advantage to to see the full life front end life cycle of the student and where and how those students are coming to Wabansi. Do you feel like that's a, 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 an important part of your growth and future growth uh, is being able to see all of that at the front end and, and track all the data simultaneously? Yeah, I think so. You know, and to your point, um, you know, my role has really, you know, changed over the last few years. So uh, it, admissions was not when I, I've been here at the college about six and a half years. I started in January 2015. So I didn't have um, admissions right away. But I think to your point exactly, as we began to grow uh, as a college and, and things around us began to change and we looked at how we can leverage each other's experiences and backgrounds to, to be more effective. You know, I added admissions um, a few years ago, you know, to this portfolio. So, you know, to your point, you can really look now more holistically at how we're branding, how we're attracting students, you know, our messaging and, and what it is that, you know, all of our students are looking for from the high school level, you know, to the adult level, um, to non-credit programs and really trying to come up with uh, programs and services that really cater to all aspects of our community. You know, I like to say that uh, one of the, the great things about a community college is that everybody is a prospective student, right? So whether you're um, coming out of high school, whether you've been working for a while, want to get retrained, whether you're a stay-at-home mom or dad that's looking to jump back into the workforce, maybe you're retired and, and looking to just continue learning. You know, we, we partner with the Lifelong Learning Institute, so we do, you know, programs and services for um, some of our older community members. So it, it really, you know, and again, and like you said, with all the data, and we were very consistent with how we gather data, we go out every year and do brand pulse studies and community needs assessments. And, you know, we heard about four years ago that, you know, our community didn't know us as well as we thought they did, right? So the brand was strong, but the awareness of some of our programs and services was not as strong as we'd hoped. So just, just having all that information at my disposal has really helped us as an organization to strategize more effectively and again, just try and serve our community better. You know, we're talking about innovation. That could be one way of easily innovating for other uh, community colleges, other universities listening to this is looking at your, your front end as a, as a flywheel um, and having somebody oversee all parts of it to, to drive efficiency and innovation rather than, you know, chunking it all out, Liz, um, and, uh, you know, bringing you into this, that, that, that is more common. It's less common uh, for someone like J Jamal's position to oversee all that front end and more common to have it siloed. And that can sometimes uh, prevent innovation in higher ed. 
Yeah, I was going to ask that exact same question because I think it's really unique. And this is really fascinating to me. Uh, we talk about this all the time, uh, Joe and myself, in terms of change and higher education, not necessarily being able to be agile and, and pivoting. And we saw over the past year with everything that happened with the pandemic was that was that need to be able to move on a dime. What advice would you give? Because I think for a lot of organizations like uh, and a lot of institutions, like Joe said, Everything is really siloed and it's difficult to really drive change, you know, as a change leader and a change maker within your organization and just from being in the sector, what are some of the ways that higher ed as a whole can just be better at adapting to change? Yeah, well, a few things, you know, I'd say one, and um, this was actually some advice I got, you know, from a guy at the, the Dallas Morning News who spoke at AFIT a while ago. He said, but, you know, if you're not you know, changing your organization every year, like you're going to fall behind. And I remember he talked about, um, I think 90% of their business was print, but he was saying, we're preparing for, you know, the, the inverse, you know, for maybe one day with the way technology is changing, then 90% of it could be uh, electronic, right? So, so just, I think in higher ed, you know, I like to say that, you know, we're, we're very traditional in a lot of ways, but, you know, sometimes we have these structures that were maybe set up 30 or 40 years ago. And we, we think because kind of we've always done it that way and that's the way the institution was founded and that's kind of always worked for us that we, we kind of maintain these structures and we don't look at you know, how we should be shaped for today. You know, another quick AFIT story, last year um, we heard from a, a gentleman at the Air Force and he was saying what they were doing is they were doing a whiteboard exercise and they were like cleaning the whiteboard off and they're saying if we were designing the Air Force today, right? Like, what would it look like? And I think we have to do that in higher ed. We can't, we can't think about how we've been structured for the last 30 or 40 years. We have to think about the needs of our constituents today, the needs of our students today, you know, because the other thing, you know, I think we don't like to think of students as customers. We think that's like a, oh, that's a sales word or, oh, that's a, but that's exactly what they are, right? And I think even more so today, you know, people have choices. I mean, the, the value proposition, higher education needs strengthening. And we have to be able to tell a family like why they should spend money to come to our uh, institution where they can come and learn and have a great experience. And it's no longer a sufficient value proposition. I think for years it was like, oh, the community college is the low cost game in town. Let's go over there. Well, now, you know, four years of being more aggressive, the four-year schools. And just like anything, you know, we have these $1,300 iPhones we'll pay more for something if we perceive it to be of greater value. So I think in higher ed, you know, we have to make sure, especially at the community college, that we're strengthening that value proposition. And then the last, you know, piece of advice I'd say is just, you know, be open to feedback and continuous improvement. You know, we were just talking about that in one of the sessions, but, you know, sometimes we can, you know, in higher ed, we get all the PhDs in a room and, you know, we think we know everything, right? And we, we plan, a, we stand up a lot of structures and systems but nobody's talked to a student, nobody's talked to a community member. So, you know, you have to talk to the people you're designing the systems for and get their feedback on how it can work best. You know, so I think that's another, another good piece of advice. You talked about all these PhDs and, and doctors in the room and people just all talking. That really reminded me of Joe, but that's that's a totally separate situation. Because of the high level of intelligence and knowledge. Uh -huh. no, the, the, the people with the doctorates that are just kind of like blowing a whole bunch of hot air. <laughs> oh, I see. That point. <laughs> that point. Elizabeth Lima, ladies and gentlemen, never misses an opportunity. <laughs> 
you don't have your sound effect machine because I was gonna say wah wah. Oh, I am wah, gonna wah. buy the biggest, <laughs> baddest sound effect machine you could ever imagine. But Dr. Scott doesn't need to be. He doesn't need to hear about all of those bells and whistles because well, right now we're let's focused just tell on him. him. <laughs> yeah, Dr. Scott, every time she would make a joke, I would hit this little trumpet. It would go wah, 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 you know, no matter. So anyway, I'm, I'm going to invest. Go ahead. <laughs> but, but at the heart of this, and I think uh, what you alluded to really makes a lot of sense in terms of us looking at the student as a consumer, somebody that has choices. I think this new generation of student as well. My daughter's, I, I say this all the time on the show, my daughter's 22. So her mind frame is totally different than mine was. She's very uh, determined and selective and discerning in terms of her choices and about college and everything else. How do we communicate that and, and from the sessions with AFIT or some of the, the continuing uh, development and uh, networking that you've been able to do through the organization? How do we keep the students front and center? Because like you said, higher ed as a whole has always looked at itself as the value proposition and not necessarily focus on how we're not like Amazon, we're not at Netflix, we're not like, we're not trying to figure out how to be proactive about the needs for this, for, or of the student. But now we're learning that we have to do that. What are some of the, the little gems or, or tips that you've picked up that might help us to reframe our, our, our state of mind so that we can be more um, focused on the student's needs? Yeah, well, I think back to that research piece, I mean, you know, and, and you just have to have some intentionality behind your research. Um, you have to go out and talk to, to students, you have to talk to current students, you know, we've been doing focus groups on a monthly basis, and, and we come up with different topics, based on the things that, um, you know, we're trying to plan and strategize for we, we want students in the room, you have to have them on your committees, you know, and you have to get out in the community and talk to prospective students, right? You have to talk to, to people who are not yet a part of your, your college university and say, hey, you know, if, we're, if we were gonna build this structure or build this program or build this system, what would be attractive to you? You know, we have talked to students who have applied but never started and said, hey, why, why did you choose not to come to school here? You know, what were some things that we could have done better? You know, and doing feedback surveys on the back end and, you know, and just gathering as much data and information as you can, but then also keeping that student front and center, you know, and that's one thing we've, you know, done at AFIT in the past, we had um, students there telling us, I remember, this is a few years ago, we were in Rhode Island, but we had students come in and we were shocked to hear that some students were saying that, you know, maybe they didn't necessarily want or need a community college degree. And like, oh my gosh, you know, and everyone was taken aback, but it was so important to hear why they felt that way, you know? So, I mean, you know, it's just, it's just being very specific and, and being very intentional about getting this feedback, about talking to them, and then most importantly, taking what you learn and then making some changes as a result of that, closing the feedback loop. It's no secret that there are considerable challenges facing higher education right now. The teaching and learning methods of the past are becoming obsolete, and time-worn processes have all but lost their effectiveness. No longer will the take-no-action or move-forward-with-incremental-change mindsets sustain operations. Colleges are closing their doors at an alarming rate, and some are teetering on the edge of existence. It's time to join the Alliance, the Alliance for Innovation and Transformation, better known as AFIT. Check them out at afithighered.com. That's A-F-I-T, higher-ed.com. If you want to be at the forefront of technology and innovation in education, it's time to look at AFIT.
I have one more follow-up question. I know Joe wants to jump in, but do you think that we need to learn, and this is probably just rhetorical or maybe just a philosophical question, do we need to learn to trust students more, do you think? I think when, when you said all that about the focus groups and asking students what they want, I feel like that's actually pretty revolutionary because I just feel like at a lot of schools I've worked at and just in some of the, the even us speaking with leadership, I don't think a lot of them are talking about speaking directly with the student. You know, I don't feel as though they're asking the student, well, what do you want? Like, is that sure. something that we just, we don't trust the student or we don't, we don't listen to Like, where, why don't we do that? Like every other business does that. They talk to the customer and we right. kind of feel like we already know what the student needs or, or we know what's best for them, you know? <laughs> right. Well, yeah. I mean, and you know, to your point, exactly. I think that's, sometimes the arrogance of higher education. You know, we don't like to think of ourselves as um, constructing or running a business model. You yeah. know, so for, for example, um, you know, overseeing marketing. A few years ago, I went to the American Marketing Association, their, their annual conference in Austin, Texas. Great town, Austin, Texas, 6th Street, great town. But, you know, they, I heard from the vice president at Kraft uh, who oversaw marketing for Kraft. And she talked about, how when they put products out, they test them and prototype them for like two or three years. So like, before you see it in Target, we've been testing it for the last three years. And we talk to people like, you know, was it the right cheese? Like, did it, how did it taste? How did it, you know, after you ate something, how did, you know, and they, they, they ask questions and they ask questions and they refine and they prototype and they iterate and they, they plan things out before they take them to market, you know, and I think we just in higher ed, we have to continue to do more of that. We have to, you know, and that's one thing that, you know, we've tried doing somewhat a non-credit using it as a little bit of a programmatic incubator. Like before you roll it out and spend like thousands of dollars rolling out a program, maybe test it in the community, talk to some people. If we were going to do this on a, offer this as a credit or as a degree program, what are some things we should think about? And, you know, do you think this would work? And do you think that would work? So it's just, again, just, you know, making it, uh, making an effort to get that feedback and making sure, again, you're, you're open to listening to what you hear. It may not be what you like, but if this is what the students and community members and customers are telling you is going to work and what would pique their interest, like you have to take that feedback and then, you know, change your, your program as a result. That works in um, the world of podcasting too, Jamal. I, I tested out Liz as a co-host <laughs> for, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, and as soon as you tested, you were like, oh my gosh, please, please, please join. I need you. <laughs> I wouldn't say it was, if she was a please, prototype. Please, please. I'm not going to say she's a prototype, but certainly we tested her out. I um, won't embarrass you. I tell Dr. Scott that you were begging me to be your co-host, but oh. <laughs> let's go ahead and move on to the next point. <laughs> it's like, it's like a, what's that game where you get in a circle and everybody says, starts a sentence and you see if it comes out exactly the way you started it. That's a different story, <laughs> similar as on myself and how this all came to be. Like fire but, drill, right? That's right. Jamal, right. what did you, uh, what are your takeaways from AFIT? I mean, you've, you've been there for what, two and a half days, I think it's been. Yeah. Um, yeah. amazing learning partner speakers. I've been able to listen to like 90% of what's going on. I've got pages of notes and things that I, uh, I took away. What are your big takeaways for your institution and, and tell us the value of this uh, learning partner summer session uh, offered through AFIT for you? Yeah, well, I think what, one of the biggest value propositions for AFIT is again, just hearing from you know, businesses and industries and professionals outside of higher education, you know, that, that was so important, you know, so, you know, this week we heard from Microsoft, um, we heard from the Granger Network, we heard from the Ideas Network, Bob Allen's a storyteller, you know, one thing he left us with is, you know, make sure 
you have the, the ability to tell your story. You know, what is your organizational story? Like, what is your value proposition? What is the why? You know, what, what are you good at? Like, what are you working on? And I think, you know, you have to have that, the recipient, you have to have them in mind when you're constructing and telling your story. You know, if you're talking, you know, to a group of people or to an audience, like, what do you want them to take away? You know, what do you want them to, to leave knowing about your organization? And I think there are so many ways we do that. We do that now, you know, through social media. We still do that through print communications. We do that when we're out. You know, one thing we've been doing here at the college is we've been putting together talking points so that, you know, when we're all out in the community and we're talking to people, you know, where the same message is resonating and we're not all out, you know, 10 people giving 10 different, different stories about who we are as an organization. So I think that would be one thing is, is making sure you tell your story. I think another thing that they talked about, you know, uh, is, is just looking at um, in terms of innovation, like, you know, this, this word kept coming up, but like, what are you going to break? Like, what are you going to change? You know, and you have to really break down, you know, these hierarchical structures and these, th this tradition, you know, there's an element of tradition that's good. You know, you want to keep you know, the part of who, who made your organization what it is, but you have to grow and, and innovate and iterate with the times of today. So we talked about that, like, you know, what structures are you going to break? If you could break something, how would you break it and fix it? You know, so that was another, another big takeaway. And, and one other thing that we talked about is, you know, like, what are you going to, what are you going to fall in love with? And, you know, not, not love in a, you know, romantic, but like, you know, just as you love your, your colleagues, don't be afraid to play and have fun. You know, someone talked about, I think Bob talked about that too, about, you know, when they did work with like, you know, people in the past and found that people who had, had struggles with mental illness didn't play enough as children that you, you know, we actually won the video contest at AFIT this week. And, you know, we just had a good time. We shot a video and Sweet Caroline and we had a good time and we laughed. And, you know, it, it's important to do that because that kind of, breaks down walls of defensiveness. And if you can spend a couple of days having a good time with somebody, you know, a couple of weeks later, when you have to have a challenging conversation, maybe you're not quite as cynical. Maybe you trust their intentions a little bit more. And maybe that the outcome of that conversation can be a little bit better if you spend a lot of time um, getting to know one another. So, so those are some of the things that, that, that we took away this week, but it was a really outstanding conference and, and we love being a part of AFIT. Liz, if you want to ask Jamal his final two questions, uh, but, but I have one before you do, and that is, uh, uh, Jamal, would you care to uh, recreate that video for the purposes here of the Oedip experience and give us a little <laughs> bit of it? <laughs> all right, all right. I won't do that to you. <laughs> well, let me, let me save Dr. Scott from, from you because you just, <laughs> you're on a roll today. Uh, we, we have some questions that we usually like to um wrap up with just to give us um, a perspective and, and uh, just a broad bird's eye view, like you mentioned earlier. And we just wanna make sure that there's nothing that we miss, anything that you wanna talk about or uh, toot your horn about as far as your institution, any, institu any um, initiatives that you guys have coming up on the horizon. And then secondly, our last question is, what does the future of higher education look like to you? Oh, wow. Well, I know for us, you know, we are like every other organization, you know, we are working on, on quite a few things, you know, we um, looking at our strategic plan this year, you know, we're focused on um, student equity and success. That's one of our big pillars, you know, so we're, we do, we are a Hispanic serving institution. We got our third consecutive 
uh, Title V grant from the Department of Education. So, you know, there are a lot of things we're working on. We're, we're starting a Latinx resource center for our Hispanic and Latino communities. And I mentioned um, Aurora earlier, and that, you know, that's going to be at our, our downtown Aurora campus. You know, we're looking at some new um, student service delivery models, you know, and, and trying to find ways that we, we can create what we're calling like a dynamic uh, student experience, you know, because I think that's important, you know, the student, it's, it, it's about learning in the classroom, but it's also about enjoying yourself, you know, while you're on campus. Um, you know, we have a workforce and solutions council that's made up of a lot of our municipal partners and, you know, the Illinois Department of Employment Security and some other people in, in, in the area, and we continue to work with that group to identify ways that we can provide answers to some of the problems that they're having, you know, and then from an employee standpoint, you know, we're still focused on what are the the technological needs of employees in the future, you know, and as, as you know, the work experience continues to change as we serve students, you know, we have some remote work, we have some flexible work, you know, what are the competencies that people are going to need to be successful in that new world? So we, you know, we're working on a lot of things here at the college and um, really focused all of that, you know, so that we can be the top choice for learning in our community, want to be an employer and employer of choice, you know, so we're really, really excited about some of the things we have going on here. You know, as far as the future of higher education, I think, um, you know, we just have to continue. I think one of maybe Liz, I think you used the word agile earlier. And, you know, I think we have to just continue to be flexible. We have to continue to pivot quickly. Um, and like I was saying, just just break down the walls of, of tradition, you know, not be afraid to try new things. We talked about that at AFID earlier, you know, just, you know, um, you know, risk aversion. Right. And, and just being willing to, to jump out and say, you know, we're going to give this a shot and we're not sure if it's going to work, but we're going to plan, we're going to prepare and we're going to jump out there and we're going to try it. You know, and I think, and that's how you, you iterate and that's how you prototype and that's how you bring things to perfection is by getting out there and trying it, you know? So I think um, that's going to be important for higher education. And I think, um, you know, we found a lot of success with uh, synchronous online modality. So, you know, traditionally students just, you know, you come to the classroom, you sit down, you learn, it's place-based, you get up, you go home, right? Well, now we're finding that students love learning the same way we're talking here on Zoom. We can share documents, we can see each other, it's real time. And I don't have to worry about transportation. I don't have to worry about childcare. I don't have to worry about getting something to eat while I'm out. And a lot of the roadblocks and the barriers that may have prevented students from going to school, even at a community college level, are now eliminated when they can learn in a synchronous online manner. So I think just, you know, continue to look at different modalities of learning, you know, the proliferation of technology and all the things like Microsoft Teams and, and Zoom and all these platforms we have now are going to make learning a lot easier and more accessible for students. Awesome. You dropped a lot of gems and I'm really happy that you were able to share so many of the great things and initiatives that you're doing. And this has really been a joy and a pleasure. So we thank you and I've been honored to be in your presence. So there you okay. have it. <laughs> there you have it, Dr. Jamal Scott, Vice President for Strategy and Community Development at Wabansi Community College. Thank you for joining us today, Dr. Scott. Thank you, it's been a pleasure. And I'll take one of those uh, Balenciaga sweatshirts you have on in your picture. <laughs> it's coming in the mail. It'll be there. <laughs> hey, everybody. We hope you enjoyed that episode of the Edup Experience. To learn more about the Edup Experience, please visit our website at www.edupexperience.com and subscribe to our email list. Please share this podcast 
head over to Apple and please give us a rating and review. We appreciate your feedback. And of course, subscribe to the EdUp Experience so you're notified when our episodes drop. Here at the EdUp Experience, our goal is to make education your business. Thanks for listening.